This episode of The Incubator is proudly sponsored by Chiesi. Do you find yourself juggling multiple websites and clinical tools as you care for your patients? NeoCarePal is a resource providing access to multiple clinical calculators in just one place. To learn more, visit nicuconnections.com backslash NeoCarePal. This is The Incubator, a weekly discussion about new advances in neonatology and the fascinating individuals who make this progress possible. I am Dr. Ben Korsha. And I'm Dr. Daphne Yasova-Barbeau. We are neonatal intensive care physicians. Welcome. Yeah, you put these on, okay. and the key you can hear us. is that you have to be close to your Very mic. Very close to the mic, like uh, yeah, Un- yeah, like, like uncomfortably close. Yeah, Daphne says uncomfortably close that's to right, the that's mic. Good. That's okay. good. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Incubator Podcast. We are here with uh, Daphne. Daphne, where where are you coming from? Hello, everyone. Um, you didn't give Daphne any warning. You just jumped right in. That's right. <laughs> that's fine. Surprise that's fine. is the best tool here. I'm. Today, I'm coming from San Diego, but yesterday we flew in from Baltimore, and I'm cool. originally Dutch, so I'm from the Netherlands. Where in the Netherlands? I'm from all the way up north in Groningen. Oh. It's very pretty. You should mm. visit, definitely, if you have a chance. Of course. Someday. Of course. Um, go ahead, Daphne. Well, we were chatting earlier, and you were telling us all about the uh, mentorship program through the Next Society, so that's what we'd love to hear about first. Yes, I was just coming over to say hi and say thank you because uh, I listened to the podcast with Misty Good and Amy Hare Mm. a few weeks ago, which was very nice. And it came out right after I got matched Mm -hmm. through the the Next Society. They have a mentee-mentor program, and I got matched with Dr. Misty Good. And yeah, the podcast came out just before we had like a Zoom meeting, and I met her at the conference because she's here, and she was she's so lovely. Yes. Uh, And it... I mean, I'm, I'm doing my PhD at home, so I have my supervisors from there, but it's just very nice to have someone that doesn't know you that well to give you some career advice and also some research advice, and yeah, she's been amazing. Yeah, it sounds like a great program, so it's matching um, all sorts of people, basic scientists, uh, fellows, early career neonatologists, um, to kind of remote mentors um, in the area of NAC research. So tell us what you're studying. Yeah, correct. So I'm studying risk factors for necrotizing enterocolitis and specifically epigenetic risk factors, mm. which is why I got matched to Misty mm-hmm. because that's also her area of expertise. And the idea is that we get together every like once or maybe twice every three months. And then that would be eight, I think that the goal is eight visits or eight Zoom calls probably. 
uh, to talk about our research and to give her outsider's perspective on research, but also the like the overview or the bigger goal there is to make sure that the younger people are staying in neck research. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, at least for me, it's working. She's been very convincing. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Uh, Jen Canvasser was mentioning this morning that we all have to share the the why of why we are attending the Next Society uh, Symposium. And I think you have pre- some pretty good arguments already with uh, your research work, but is there anything uh, more significant by any chance of, of what the disease and what helping families mean to you? That's a good question. Um, so when I was introduced to necrotizing antropolitis, I was introduced fully from a research perspective because I was still a med student and my supervisor from at home in the Netherlands, he introduced me to the disease and... Uh, he basically told me the story of neck, which is a very devastating disease and 40 years of research and still nobody really knows why, mm-hmm. uh, which was a very powerful story. And as long as I've researched it, which is very short, like three or four years, uh, I've only gathered more and more questions. So mm. the disease is also very intriguing from a research perspective mm-hmm. because I feel like the more I know, the more I don't know. Mm-hmm. So that is my why to keep learning more of what I don't know. The questions keep you keep you engaged, yes, I guess. Definitely. Very nice. Well, it sounds like there are lots of opportunities then for people who are interested in in um, getting involved with neck research. Can you um, let us know how they can get connected with the mentorship program? Yes. So how it worked for me is I joined the neck research incubator uh, program, which. I think it's just an email that you sign up for. Great. Um, and then you get sent the newsletters. And I actually got into the menteeship program through Aaron Pryor, who is one of the people who is part of the Next Society. Yeah, and yeah. then she set me up. That's awesome. That's awesome. Daphne, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, guys. All Have right. fun. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to turn on the um, the audio. John, thank you, thank you so much for dropping by. Uh, tell us, uh, tell the audience a little bit who you are and where you're coming from. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm John Reese. Uh, I work as an anatologist at Stanford in Palo Alto. Mm-hmm. Uh, I flew out here this morning. That's nice. Uh, and I'm having a good time. I hope you guys are as well. We are having a very good time. That's good, especially by 
co-opting people to come and chat with us. So. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been asking people, uh, what is their why? Why did you come to the next symposium meeting? Yeah. Uh, so a, a, a few, uh, a few reasons. Um, so, um, one is my unit, uh, just rolled out probiotics mm. for clinical purposes. A hot topic. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, just a few days ago, just last mm. week. So mm. it's fresh in, uh, in everybody's minds and, uh, I'm trying to understand it a little bit more, um, so that it can be kind of a, another tool, so to speak in our, uh, in our arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that's probably one of the, the big reasons. There's also uh, kind of a few collaborators and mentors and friends uh, that I haven't seen in a long time that I was hoping to see here. So those are kind of I the mean, two big reasons. Networking and connection is a great reason to come back to live Absolutely. conferences. And to your point, tomorrow there's a great session on the microbiome, probiotics, and the prevention of neck. So I think we'll all be I will be there waiting and to. listening for that. Yep. What is your area of expertise or research? Yeah, uh, so uh, I am interested in thinking more about omics, mm-hmm. uh, specifically metabolomics and mm-hmm. lipidomics and the microbiome for acquired disorders of prematurity, um, specifically BPD and NEC. Um, and then pairing that with some of the folks in the NeoMind AI group. Yeah. Um, and looking at high dimensional biologic data, but from a machine learning point of view. Um, so I'm trying to kind of pair both of those Brilliant. things to say, right, hopefully something meaningful at some point uh, about the, the disorders that we see commonly. You mentioned earlier that your unit is rolling out probiotics for clinical purposes. How, how do you feel about that? <laughs> hopeful, maybe too hopeful? Uh, I'm really hopeful. Okay. Um, we unfortunately see a fair amount of uh, neck in our unit. Um, right. So I think uh, a lot of the clinicians here, right, have uh, uh, kind of experiences that have been unfortunately seared in the back yeah. of their uh, heads mm-hmm. uh, and taking care of families with with neck. And so I'm very hopeful that there will be. Uh, an immediate benefit um, that, that we see. Of course, it's going to take time, just right, because we uh, neck is uh, right is is common enough that we all see it, but not terribly common that we see it necessarily every single day. But hopefully, in a short amount of time, we'll actually be able to see you know uh, a, a difference. Yeah, and there's been a lot of buzz about probiotics, so y- you hear a lot about it by the time. I think Jen is banging on something to tell people to come back. <laughs> to come back, but. You hear so much about it, and then it comes to your unit, and there's so much baggage with it that you're like, huh, now we're going to actually get to see what the fuss is all about. And, and, um, and you always wonder whether all the da- you assume the data that's published can be generalizable, hopefully to your population, mm-hmm. but you're never really sure. And so I think this is the anticipation that's kind of exciting. So um, this is cool that you're, uh, that you're here for that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, John, thank you so much for dropping by. Enjoy the rest of the conference, and uh, we'll see you around. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you.
We got him. We got him. Do you, do you guys have dinner plans for tonight? Not really. Come with us. We're going right here. First, we're live. Okay, and we're, we're live. Right so there. come on. Literally, it's not Starbucks? Come do this. Starbucks, yeah. We're going to Starbucks. <laughs> Dylan's Candy Factory. What am I doing? We're, we're live. Once the whole humble thing is out of the way, That's right. <laughs> we are so glad to be joined by Shadow Shah. Shadow, how's it going? It's going well. I'm so thrilled to be here. This conference is this conference is unlike anything I've ever yeah. been to. I'm sure you've been hearing this from other people, but That's right. there's such a huge parent presence here. Yeah. And I don't know about other people, but in the NICU, I think we get so obsessed about the day-to-day and the minutiae and the, you know, the, what's in the TPN and what's... But the fact that they center every single one of these talks with a patient story just reminds everyone that, yes, there's minute to minute to minute, but it's really all about the babies. And sometimes I forget that. I mean, I know it's, other people... It's something do. we discussed, I think it was either with you or with another person that we had for the advocacy Previously, series yeah. where the importance of a story, how a story can actually change the course of something when you're presenting it either to stakeholders or legislators and so on. So yeah, I could not agree with you I more. I think also conferences have this effect where it's just numbers and numbers and data and percentages. But, you know, for every family, it's their one baby, oh, yeah, right? They're a hundred percent. And it's the exact opposite of what we're taught in medical school. That's right. right. The joke is N of one, ha ha ha. Right. Or, you know, anecdote is not evidence, right? Yeah. But what anecdote is, is it's a tool to help remember the data, right? It's a way of contextualizing it and humanizing it for people who aren't trained as scientists, right? Because if you're a clinician scientist or a physician scientist, you know what the issue is, right? Because you see it every day in your clinical practice. Mm-hmm. But if you don't create that centering and you don't humanize it to someone who's a policymaker or someone else, you're never going to really get traction on whatever your issue is. And we were talking about this in our session, which is that, you know, advocating for NEC is, you know, is is not just an uphill battle, but can sometimes be a a very steep uphill battle, right? I do work with immunizations. Everybody knows what an immunization is. After COVID, everybody has an opinion on immunization. But trying to talk to a legislator about sequela of prematurity and what necrotizing enterocolitis is there's a huge educational obstacle and i think that's something that takes you know a large amount of time to overcome yeah you're you're telling us all of the the obstacles but actually you presented some very hopeful data about the success that that you guys have had with donor milk in the last session translating neck bedside issues into policy action so oh. give us the give us Give us the scoop. The, the scoop is that the American Academy of Pediatrics section on neonatal perinatal medicine toolkit exists. That's right. <laughs> if you live, it's a recruitment talk, right? If you live in a state that doesn't cover donor milk, contact us. There's no need to reinvent the wheel. Right. Right. This toolkit exists. We can get the stakeholders in a room. We can coach you monthly. We can provide other coalition members surgeons, gastroenterologists, rural health hospital organizations, nutritionists, March of Dimes, all together to hopefully get this over the finish line, right? Because we're not going to find, as much as I wish we could, this is not going to be solved federally. Mm. And, and I don't want to take swipes at Congress, but this is a Congress that is very allergic to spending any money and is even, you know, is anaphylactic on spending money <laughs> towards children, right? So 
we, feels that way. God forbid. Yeah, so we need to make sure that, that our states see the world a little differently. Yeah. So. Um, even though you're presenting, you're an East Coast guy, you're finding yourself on the West Coast, but I have a feeling that even if you were not a speaker, you would probably be here. Um, what's, as Jen has eloquently mentioned this morning, what is your why for, for being here? First of all, I've been sliding into the West Coast vibe. Yesterday, I went to dinner without socks. It's very California. It's very exciting. You look less casual than you do on the East Coast. Well, much oh, dude, there's no tie. I mean, it's pretty... Ex- I mean, not that I normally wear ties. That's what's I'm going like on. a t-shirt and... You know, I, but, I know you as a t-shirt, sweatshirt kind of guy. Of course. And now you're wearing shirt and then pants. And to bring it full circle, that includes my ultra soft incubator uh, t-shirt. Isn't those... Uh, those are good, right? I actually have to say, I really like my t-shirt. Ah, there so. you go. But but that said, I mean, the the this aside from the fact that I woke up at 2.30 in the morning. That's today, right. <laughs> um, you're avoiding the this, question too. No, 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 not at all. The, the, you know, I think this meeting, like I said, really does, within all the sort of constellation of, of conferences, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you think of sort of PAS or the Pediatric Academic Society's meeting as being sort of on one end of the spectrum, right? This meeting is very much on the other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. But you leave here having, you know, there aren't as many people in the room because it's not the 5,000 people yeah. right. of PAS, but it's the right people in the room. Yeah. yeah. Right. The people who are going to walk away and not say, oh, I'm going to do something about this, but the people who are going to walk away and say, I need to do this by Monday, this by Wednesday, people who are going to have a plan of action. They're doers. And I think that that's really important. Absolutely. And I think for us, especially, right, we still live in a world where 50% of VLBW babies are born in states that will not pay for pasteurized donor milk. Yeah. And, and we need to make sure that that tipping point gets achieved mm-hmm. and that we push forward. Well, and it's just uh, this concept about kind of attacking a problem from multiple different facets, and and no one of them is going to solve everything. We really need to be working together. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking home a lot because you know I I know about as much as as much about neck as sort of the average person on a New York City subway, right? I mean, I'm not a neonatologist, but (laughs) you know, I'm not you know I'm not in the you know, up to date on the on the most recent papers on probiotics or the most recent information about um, you know uh, human milk oligosaccharides. So you can get some of that information. I'm not, here. I'm not sure all subway passengers know the word. Oligosaccharide. In New York, everybody's got an opinion. Come on. <laughs> so, uh, but um, but that this meeting really does a great job of balancing the science. And one of my takeaways from this meeting are the QI sessions about things that mm-hmm. every NICU can do to reduce the burden of NEC just based on what we already know, right? Just implementing what we already know are best practices. And I think that's also something that that Jen did a very good job of talking about, right? If you're going to build a world without NEC, one of the things you need to do is optimize the tools that you already have. Yeah, there's some things we know for sure. Human right. milk, mm-hmm. skin to skin, reducing antibiotics, mm-hmm. reducing variability. There's a lot of talk here also about uh, working with OBs. Mm. And I think that's really important because that's something, I mean, I've spent way too much time trying to convince OBs to talk about mm-hmm. maternal immunizations. Uh, you already have their ear then. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. But I do think trying to engage obstetricians and having them talk about donor milk and human milk and mother's own milk during the course of the 
pregnancy is extremely important because, you know, we show up on the scene at a moment of crisis, maybe 12 hours to 24 hours before that moment of crisis. And there's no pre-existing relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's something that we need to leverage the obese to do. And that, I think that requires a lot of work because it also requires the obese to think a little bit differently, right? They need to think about the, the care ending and their care ending. You're asking the obese to put themselves after the delivery has happened. Everything has gone well, which they hate to do. Right. They, they, they don't celebrate anything until the baby is out and everything is good. So you're right. It's going to be a, a shift. Right. Someone said, you know, my mother was an OB and she's like, our interest ends when the five minute APGAR. That's right. <laughs> but it's an interesting point, right? Especially when we're talking about the procurement of human milk, like even for the healthy full term infant, the breastfeeding journey takes like a lot of preparation, both mental and, you know, logistical. And it's a really a commitment and it's hard to ask families to make that commitment when they're in crisis and tons of families do it. I don't know how they do it, but, but it's an interesting um, opportunity to have them be thinking about it during their OB visits before they come to see us. It's excellent. That's one of the things that I'm really hoping to take away from because I do think that we can do a better job. And I think that unfortunately, just because of the way medicine is structured in this country, that's an invitation to Ben to start talking about France. But (laughs) at some point, the NICUs are going to have to lead. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to tell the OBs that this is what we need to make sure that the babies do well. Because as much as they might think that their care ends when the five-minute app bar is assigned, right, the amount of attributed responsibility <laughs> that they might bear only ends when the baby goes home. Mm-hmm. And sometimes not even for 21 years. Mm-hmm. So I think that that avenue of discussion might help them. Shadow, yeah, Shadow. Thank you for dropping by. Oh my God! Thank you guys. This is fantastic. I wish I would have worn my my incubator T-shirt. Then Don't it worry. Been even awesome. Don't worry. We'll we'll CGI the whole thing. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to The Incubator. If you like this episode, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or the Apple Podcast website. You can find other episodes of The Incubator and new shows from The Incubator Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the podcast app of your choice. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to send us questions, comments, or suggestions to our email address, nikupodcast at gmail.com, or by visiting our website, www.the dash incubator.org you can also message the show on instagram or x formerly known as twitter at nikki podcast thanks again for listening and see you next time this podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice if you have any medical concerns 
please see your primary care practitioner. Thank you.